know you like that. All right, Sasa Pass and Tickle My Ass, we are back for another episode of Get the Puck Out, presented by DeanBlendell.com. And I want to let you guys know before we start, if you like fresh meat and you don't like preservative garbage and all that in your meat and fillers and stuff that makes your your meat turn yellow and look disgusting, uh, you're going to want to go over to truelocal.ca and punch in the promo code MANCUSO20. It'll give you $20 off your first order. They only bring the freshest farm natural-fed animals, Kyle. Natural. Natural stuff. Who wants to go to a grocery store right now? I got a Corona update for you. You know me. I'm, I'm right on top of this fucking thing. And uh, first death reported in Canada today. Uh, I don't want to, you know, strike any fear into, into anyone. I know the media is blowing it out of proportion, but it's, it's going to start doubling and it's going to start moving around, Chris. And uh, I don't think we're that far away from this impeding any NHL actions we've already seen. Uh, no more media allowed in the locker room. I think that's just beginning out of precaution. Not that I necessarily think anything's going to happen. But it's always nice to play on the side of caution with this kind of thing. Yes and no, but if they're still going to allow them to meet in a separate room, like they're going to be in a conference room, what's the difference between being in the locker room and being in in the... Being on a podium 20 feet away from you where you're not, you know... But it's still airborne, though. Well, no, It's still airborne. If if Steven Stamkos is up there with the coronavirus and he says something, he goes... He's not good. Like someone that's gets the, up that's, and walks that's, that's through That's why it. you can't be in the locker room is because people are holding their phones and holding their their hands out three feet away from the guy's face. If guys are seated mm-hmm. at the podium, that's a little better, safer. A little safer. I think that's the only reason behind it is just to put some distance from from the media to the players and let the podium do the talking. And you know, there's no reason to invade the locker rooms right now. Anyways, these fucking games don't matter down the stretch for most teams. Now, obviously, everyone want to, wants to get the inside scoop and wants to get in there. Uh, but just for the time being, Chris, I, I do think that's for the better and uh, to err on the side of caution. Uh, and now speaking on the air side of caution, uh, if you're a Bruins fan, uh, I would not go anywhere near the old folks home where Big Z is located. Do not check in on Chara right now. The old folks home seem to be... Uh, almost breeding grounds for the virus because of the weaker immune system. And uh, Chara took a big beating. He's going to need the recovery. Just just leave him alone the for a couple days. He got tackled. Just leave him alone for a couple days. Have you ever seen him and Patrick Maroon fight before? Eh, he's they out his own. He probably got five or six. That's the thing. Like, they so have five or six no. fights. Maroon fights them all the time. Who and usually Chara pounds his hand. Foot nine Oakwood. Patty Maroon. Cut that tree it's down like and cut the in the middle to see how old it is. Six foot five version of me. That guy is an absolute unit, man. I like Patty Maroon. The guy that I don't like is Anthony Sorelli. If Brad Marchand did that, there would be tears you know coming what? out of Toronto South, which is what everyone and knows. That's Tampa why it's deserved. Forever. You know what? No, Fucking put your foot south. in your mouth. You do this all the time, and now another team tries to play pest on you. And suddenly, there's an outrage in Boston, and people are pulling their out. There's been a war started on this, Chris. There is a war between fan bases right now, and it's just getting started. 100%. It's awesome, man. I had such a blast. I think two of the tweets that we fired at each other, just like hundreds of retweets and hundreds of likes, so much fun. Five up. 
the crowd for the eventual meeting. These two teams, Kyle, I think we can save all the banter for Twitter because it's better for us if we do it on there anyway. Uh, but listen, I think we can both agree that fuck Toronto. We want each other. Like, I'm not worried about the Leafs anymore. My hatred in place for a team right now is solely aimed and ready to fire at the Tampa Bay Lightning. That game, I think, got both fan bases charged up and ready to go because that's and the you know class. Who doesn't want that? And that's the thing. That was a hell of a game. The best. It's from the best. either perspective. And the game on Tuesday last week. I mean, they had two playoff style games, two games in a week, and they both felt like playoff games. Like both those teams are like Patty Maroon said it best after. Like there's a bad blood form in here. Like they both know either team thinks they're the best. I saw Bruce Cassidy said that. He's like, you can tell that each team thinks they're the best team and, and they'll do whatever it takes, including uh Man, I've never seen so many just scrums and stuff going on. Nothing really nothing really came of anything. Goudreau and Wagner, I thought, had a great fight. But yeah. just a lot of the plus and shoving. And, uh, Get them on board. Goudreau's perspective is a couple games in the one, house. If Tampa Bay gets swept this year or something stupid happens, I'm actually going to yeah, be mad. The, the first will be the fucking... The world, the whole hockey world needs that matchup, man, yeah. after what I saw. The whole world needs it. There's too many characters. What should probably be the Eastern Conference Finals with the way that they're positioned. This is a team that should finish first and second in the conference and play the bottom seeds. But they're going to be forced to play against each other. Uh, Robbing us from that Eastern Conference blood that we've seen in 2011. Uh, That would be another sight to behold. Uh, but both teams got to get through the first round. There's no givens anymore. Uh, you know, my expectations are, are, are bottomed out after last year, obviously. Uh, no, I don't want to say hope is broken or the team's wearing a broken crown, but you can't set your eyes past the first round. Everyone, you know, was kind of expecting the Boston matchup last year and, uh, you know, look too far ahead. So uh, this could be a team that ends up playing the or probably will end up playing the Leafs. And again, the Leafs, if they figure their shit out, they come out stomping right. This is a team that can outscore their problems. It's not a team I want to play, per se. I'd rather uh, play the eight seed, whether the Rangers get in or whether it be Columbus again. Yeah, I'm going down that ship. Fucking right down Redemption Alley. I'd, I'd love that matchup. You think I want to play the Leafs? You think I want to have Austin Matthews barreling down the wing? You know, he's going to be one of the best to lace them up and score goals. Like, he's a hell of a fucking player. I don't want to play him, but no, I definitely would rather see Toronto and Tampa Bay have to battle it out. But Tampa Bay's only six points back. I mean, they did a big three point jump this week, still 13 games left. I think it's over personally, but you know, I think that we're, and we'll get off of this topic soon enough and jump into something else. But quickly here, I, something that you said in our chirp, and our chirping war, war did resonate with me. And it's that Don Sweeney did just add two third line, right? Two third line wingers to solve a second line issue. Now, will it be enough? I, I don't necessarily know. But I, I, I will say out of your point of pointing that out, it did get me thinking. And I was like, yeah, they didn't add enough to this roster here. I just, I it's think that really the Boston Bruins, fun. the Boston Bruins needed Kyle Palmieri. Now, if their asking point was Studnika or no deal, I can get that because, you know, you're at the point where you are going to start having to overhaul that roster. And Stadnika does look like 
Yeah, he looks like he could win the rookie of the year in the AHL this season. He's been an yeah. all-star. He's been unbelievable. So I, I get not wanting to move him, but how you don't top. navigate the deal uh, to include potentially a, a first-rounder uh, next year, uh, Vaca nine, and just finding whatever means it was to make that deal without getting rid of Studnika. And I felt that uh, maybe Sweetie should have gone above and beyond here because, look, uh, Danton Heinen, since leaving the Boston Bruins, seems to be fitting in well in Anaheim. He's scoring goals. He wasn't doing that consistently for the Bruins. Uh, I get going after the, the heavier body and Richie. And Richie can be an effective guy, especially in that playoff atmosphere. And he has been an effective guy. I know he's only had two points, but he's had a couple good fights. He's always hitting. He's always engaged. Cash has had a lot of chances, too. So that it'll come. Like, Johansson looked like a bad ad last year going into Kasha's the playoffs. Cash has got one point in five games now. I, that's not a good enough sample size for me to judge the trade. Uh, but it is enough to say, you know, this is supposed to be a guy who who fits in and gels with Krejci, and it still seems like outside of the top line and Krejci, no one else on that team is is, is a glorified top six player. They're all guys that can no, definitely guys and, who guys who you would love to have in your bottom line, right? I mean, Jake DeBrusque is is fringe. He's streaky, right? I mean, on any Jake when DeBrusque he's playing well, he belongs in the top six. third line center. To me, yeah. Or, sorry, it's a third line winger. Um, on, on on a bad team, he can not a bad team, sorry, but on a team with weaker top wing options, yes, absolutely. DeBrus can slide in on the second line, it can be damn effective. Uh, but consistency is another problem with him. That's uh, his biggest issue. I mean, he scored 27 goals last year, he'll yep. probably come in around the same amount this year, maybe a little less, like 23, 24. He's had a not great year in RFA season. You see him cost himself, but I mean, Kyle, when you look around. The rest of the league, the wild card chase in the Eastern Conference is absolutely crazy. The New Florida's York back in it, baby. Yeah, Florida's coming back up, but the New York Islanders bumped out yeah. of the uh, of the final wild card spot by the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Uh, the New York Islanders are not looking so good. I was not a big fan of the JG Pajot uh, trade and then sign. I didn't think that that was necessarily the right type of player that that's, that 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 group needed. You know, See, they the go they get Johnny Boychuk, great defenseman, goes out with that skate yeah. in the face. Boychuk's a, a character guy that that hurts a team like the Islanders, but exactly. you, you, you got to see different teams. Different teams like the Islanders who can't maybe necessarily bring in those big free agents. They have to be uh, progressive and they have to be proactive in the way that they, they acquire their players. They gave up a first, a second, and a third, sure. Uh, no, one they give, no one they see with those picks is going to be equivalent to what Pajot brings to the lineup now. Now, one of those three players could end up being a better player down the road, but that's a chance the sure. Islanders wanted to that's take. That's a chance you have to take. Uh, I, I but, get it, but I think that they could have went another route. has been a problem for me, and, and not enough scoring, because uh, there, there's been some games where the Islanders have been blown out, which has kind of been their backbone all year, is uh, Barry Trotch and, and Mitch Korn's uh, goaltending duo that really kind of carried the load for so much of the season. And now you're kind of seeing some blowouts and, okay, who's our guy? Is it Grice? Is it Varlamov? No one seems to have really grasped the role. And on top of that, if Varlamov or Grice does give up a good performance where they're only letting in a goal or two, they're not getting enough secondary scoring to come close in these games. So uh, I would be worrisome right now if I were an Islanders fan. Me uh, too. I, I love being on, uh, on top of their world when they were all on Leafs Nation, but... Uh, at, you know, their, their kind of depth is starting to show 
uh, especially with the loss of Boyd Chuck. Just such a character guy, someone you just don't want to see lose. Um, and, and now Carolina is looking and, a bit better. Holy Columbus, that, that there's still that that team to me that you know if there's a spot open, it, it's that spot. And so the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Close. I mean, they've played what? Like they've played three more games than everyone else. I yeah. think. And they've got a lot more losses. They've they've got the loser points, but it's that games played that really kind of uh, looks at that race. And you know that's a team that's going to have to stay hot. But that they are going into buildings right now and winning big games. They took out the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and uh, <laughs> what was a really low scoring de- defensive game. And you know to go into Vancouver uh, against that kind of high octane off- uh, offense. Vancouver's been a, a high scoring team this year. Uh, that was a big win for Columbus. So uh, I, I do think Absolutely. they're going to bottom out and one of the teams beneath them, whether it be the Islanders, uh, a surprise run from Florida or a surprise run from the Rangers, I would still take those odds because of the uh, the games in hand. Uh, but the Florida matchups, what gets me, Tampa takes on Toronto on Tuesday. Uh, if, if Toronto can handle, or sorry, if Tampa can handle their business, uh Florida's got a game in hand. You know, they were seven points out. They were five points out. Now they're three points out. Uh, I, I said it a week ago where the least, you know, for the first time with a seven-point cushion, we're kind of sitting comfortably for the first time. And then they go on a, a Western road trip uh, and they lose all three games to the California teams, the rebuilding teams. Now any team can beat anyone any given night, but three games in a row, the least drop games. They score three goals, I believe, over the entire road trip. Uh, this is supposed mm-hmm. to be their bread and butter, uh, and we, we all know the defense and goaltending hasn't necessarily been there as of late. Now, you can't credit uh, or can't discredit the Leafs goaltending. They lose a one nothing game uh, in the shootout. Technically, the other guy posts a shutout. Can't blame them there. But, you know, when you need the scoring most uh, in big games for the Leafs, it hasn't been there. No, definitely, definitely. And you know what? Speaking of teams that have come to play in the big games, Kyle, I got to talk about this team for a minute. I have been so impressed with the Edmonton Oilers under uh, Tippett and under uh, Ken Holland. What a, I think they're battle-tested. They've dealt with the injuries. They split up McDavid and Dreisaitl. It seems to be working Best in that two-headed monster uh, role that, it, that you've seen work for teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins and that over the years, and the Boston to an extent, and L.A. as well. Um, you know, you're only as strong as your top two centers, I think, in this league. It's such an important position. And you got Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid just leading the way. And you know what? The Edmonton Oilers, man, they've been faced, like I said, with some t- tough injury situations. Backs have been up against the wall this year. And they've impressed me. They're only two points out of first place behind Vegas. They got a game in hand. So they're right <clears throat> in that race. And yeah. to be where they are with the goaltending duo of Koskinen, and uh, Mike Smith, and they're doing the job actually the Dave pretty effect. well. Loves his Mike it's the Smith. Dave Tippett effect, bro. He is such a great defensive coach. He was great with the old Coyotes teams. He was good in, uh, I believe he was with Dallas, Always right? Always surpassed expectations. Always has surpassed expectations. And you look at Leon Dreisaitl leading the league with 110 points. The fastest guy to 110 points, I think, since the 95-96 season or 94-95 season, I think it was. Super impressive stuff. And you got a guy in Connor McDavid, only played 63 games, 96 points. Nugent Hopkins is having a great year at 60, right? And then it just drops. But they have a ton of guys in that 30-point, you know, Zach Cassian, 15 goals. You got Oscar Clef. A, a Bond, Darnell Nurse, and 
yeah, they're they're getting uh, Yamamoto. He's almost a point per game. He's only played 25 games this year. He's got 25, 24 points. Sorry, I I'm just so impressed. You know, instead of putting in young kids, uh, Ken Holland decided to grab Riley Sheehan and, and and you know just guys that you could put into the lineup and weren't kids that were going to kill you. You know, they pick up uh, Tyler Ennis and Athanasiu at the deadline, just guys. So that way, if injuries happen, they're not putting these non-experienced third and fourth round picks into their lineup. Like they have been like when your depth are, are 18 and 19 year old mid-level picks, you have a problem. And I think that Ken Holland went in, addressed that. And you know what? They'll be doing it the old fashioned way, because how many guys, when you look at Jesse Pugliarvi and you look at uh, Yakupov, how many guys did they force into their lineup who weren't ready? Yeah. And, and, uh, and ruin their development. Ken Holland and won't do that. Drysdale yeah, had man, a horrible they... first year with the team, <laughs> yeah. uh, 17 points in 38 games. But, you know, that just shows you got to be patient with some of these kids. But some you of them aren't just ready. Patience. Some of them just aren't ready. ready. Holland knows and he won't force guys into the lineup. They sent Yamamoto down to start the year and he's only been up 25 games and guess what if you're going to stay up and be young you better earn it and he's earned it he's staying up you love to see it but I think Ken Holland is a massive influence on that team I think the whole culture changed with Dave Tippett and him rolled into town and look out for the Edmonton Oilers come playoff time I'm telling you something feels magical about this dry sidle and McDavid pairing they're making these bum wingers. Like, I mean, they just make these guys in, into good, and that's good what enough. The best players do. That's what Crosby does. You know, Crosby takes the, Crosby the, 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 the series and the, the Conquer series and, and they turn them into great players. Now, you know, you got to be able to keep up and you got to be able to play. Uh, Chris Kunitz made a career out of doing it beside, uh, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby. Was Kunitz the most talented player in the world? No. But he got in the corners, he got the puck, and he just meshed and blended. Sometimes that's the hardest thing is to find the wingers to play with the superstars because, you know, when you got two guys trying to do too much, sometimes you just got to dumb it down, uh, but you need the right pieces to fit. And one thing that strikes me with the Oilers is it, it kind of seems like they're taking that turn, Chris, where, uh, you know, they're tired of being the joke. They're, they're tired of being, you know, stepped on as, as the league's fucking first overall pick. So I, I, what I'm kind of seeing is the fight that I'm not seeing from the Leafs of, okay, we're done with this one-and-done bullshit in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, when you compare the two situations, the one only difference is, is, is roster construction. Uh, and you got to bring in the right guys. And, you know, uh, say what you will about Athanasiu. He hasn't necessarily fit. Uh, but, again, the, uh, what you said, Chris, it's just options, right? This guy might not be in the lineup. He, he could be scratched. He's on a deeper team than he was. Where if he finds himself out of lineup, that's okay. As long as you don't have, you know, Tyler Benson, former second round pick, first overall pick in the OHL a couple of years before an injury plague guy. He's still got some skill, but he's not ready. Guys like that aren't ready. No, exactly. You need to have those NHL let them develop. Play. That's right, buddy. That's right. And yesterday, Kyle, we saw um, all the broadcasts were for International Women's Day. They were all... Uh, all women broadcast, and I think the women did well. I'm not necessarily such a huge fan of these, like, let's make it all women one day. I think that they wouldn't need a day if they actually just hired properly. But, I mean, anytime there's a good message behind something, I'm down for it. If it spreads positivity, I'm down for it. But you know what? I'd like to see some of these uh, networks add some more females to, uh, to to more prominent roles. So that way, like legitimately... Mike Milbury still have a job on NBC? That's what I'm saying when Kate Scott's out there. Kate, 
Kate Scott is awesome. And we have Mike Milbury up there making like weight jokes at Nick Ritchie because the Bruins added him and he's a big guy <laughs> and he didn't like the move. And it's like, buddy, have you looked look down? And and that's like me calling Richie or Patrick Maroon fat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. me, me, Richie and Patrick Maroon would be the greatest heavyweight line in the history of hockey. I love those guys. But yeah, when you have a guy like Mike Milbury and these old dinosaurs, um, and you have talented girls like Kate Scott, I thought was awesome. I think she was in the, uh, I, yeah, I think it was the blues in uh, Blackhawks game. I was watching. She yeah. was fantastic. And a lot of the women out there did such a great job. It's not about disparaging them. And uh, that Sarah Sivian who writes for the athletic for the hurricanes. She, she said something about it too, that I agreed with. And she was just like, keep me out of your like, Oh, women's day post. Cause it's like, if it was just more normal to have women in the sport, you wouldn't even need a day. So I get it, but they're trying to spread positivity and and you can't really be mad at that and uh i thought that all the women involved uh did a great job and my mvp for it was definitely kate scott i wanted to make sure that i talked about her because i thought she did a great job yeah for sure um one thing i'll say is that for as big of a tv deal uh, as nbc has they, they, they you know they're, they're the bread and butter of the nhl uh broadcast and it, it just seems like there's so many better options out there whether it be you know female or not uh, you, you know, you've seen the move on from Ronick, and yeah, sure, maybe it was time. Yeah, you know, you can't talk like that to the boys on on, on the mic like that. Uh, not today, you can't. Uh, and it's just, but, you know, what I find funny about that, Kyle, and I don't want to like, really get people into defending it, but it's him. Like, it's just like, come on, like that would... Whether he's just, no, you know, but, but why? Not, but then, but, but then, Sportsnet and and those big places invite these spit and chicklets guys on their show, and they don't care what yeah. they say. As long as their people don't go on there and say it. For me, it's like a double standard for me. Like, no one seems to have a problem to work, go on and, and do stuff with those guys. And, yeah, did Jeremy Roenick cross the line? A hundred percent he crossed the line. But, like, you know, like, if they're going to make spit and chicklets this bad thing for their main network people, stop parading them all over the place. Like, I just feel like that sends a double standard message to me. I don't know. Uh, but. I, I can see it. Uh, you know, but you know, I, I do. And like I love Bronick, and I get what he was doing. He just yeah. got caught up in it. You know what it's like, Kyle. You've been in the locker room. You know what the guy, what the boys are talking about. It's not really nice stuff. We're not bad guys when we say stupid shit like that. We're just being fucking. You know, I hate to sound like Donald Trump here, but it's locker room talk, right? He wasn't being serious. I don't think that there was any malicious intent in it. He just had younger guys who clearly looked up to him, putting me on the pedestal like you're the man jr had already got in trouble for signing some chicks horns right in the middle of the game on camera so it's not like uh this should have been a surprise to them anyway the problem that i had with the ronick thing and then we'll let it go because it doesn't really matter to me at all i don't give a fuck one way or another but the fact that they just left him suspended for like a month and a half and then fall fired him it was like why didn't you just make the decision right away it was like they had to go through and like read everyone's opinion on twitter and like poll it first or something it's like either make the call or don't make the call but just leaving him suspended and then firing him felt like couldn't he have just made amends with everybody in that time and worked out an apology scheme was that on the i mean he did come out and sit down and give like an apology like he looked like he was on trial for fucking something so i mean i, I think that he could have just had the suspension and it been enough i think that this day and age we're so quick to just fucking pull the trigger yeah no second chance the, the, the the courtroom of public opinion the, the the court of the public opinion is so unfair these days you're guilty before proven innocent there's no second chances no one can make a mistake it's put them in the fucking meat grinder every time and that's why 
I will never apologize for anything I say on social media ever, never, ever, ever. I saw Sarah Sivian again, not to keep bringing her up. She's, she, I mean, between you, me and the fence post, she's a total babe. Um, but she had to apologize about a coronavirus joke. And all these people were like, the victim's families, it's too late. They already saw the joke. And it's just like, oh, my fucking God. You people. Like, shut up. Like you people. With, what you, do you uh, mean? You, you for the new job? Da, da, fucking you people. I'll say it ten more times. You people out there that feel like you're owed an apology because a fee, as of this girl writer from The Athletic made a coronavirus joke. Give me a fucking break. Never apologize for nothing, kids. If Don Cherry ain't out there to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Keep your stick on the ice and fucking don't apologize for nothing and you'll be just fine. The, the internet runs on a 15-minute news cycle anyway. If I ever get begged for saying something wrong, I'm just going to ignore it for a day and it'll be gone. <laughs> That's the Donald Trump solution. It is, man, and it works. He still has all on his... To the next. I think he's great. Dude, that's what I mean. I wasn't meaning to try to sound like Trump, but like, was it not just locker room talk that went too far? Like, I don't think he's actually tried to have a threesome with Catherine Kappen and his wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and even if they make the joke, I feel like he felt comfortable enough to say it that maybe she knew about it. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but it's like, I just hate how we always like, why couldn't he have just said, sorry, I agree with it being a shitty thing. I absolutely agree with it being a shitty thing to say. He shouldn't have said that. I, I completely understand that. It's not yeah. that I don't understand it. It's just like, did we really have to nail him to well, the cross? Chris, you know, where's the social justice warriors calling out for all the heavyweight people who were mad at Milbury for making a fat joke? Yeah. Know, like, is his time, is Milbury's like, time up? I mean, as someone who likes to rip their tarp off and, and smash the barriers of what a male body should look like and bring the dad bod 2.0 into light where it's like even a little fatter than your traditional dad bod yeah i'm offended by mike melbury and i think his time's up i think time's his up. time's he offended me bro time's up and now we are making fun of another social justice movement that will surely get us canceled on get the puck out brought to you by deanblendell.com kyle all i can say is the nhl it's coming down to the crunch right now uh after the trade deadline shit gets a, like the news portion of stuff gets a little uh Gets a little light, but surely there's some great. I wouldn't say light. I, I think the word I'd say is, is repetitive is because there's <laughs> only a few kind of stories remaining and they just get doubled down. I mean, look at us uh, talking about Saturday night like a couple of kids. Uh, that was yeah. just a battle of a game, Chris. Holy shit. Did it get everyone fired up? Uh, but I mean, I, I was talking to guys at work, Leaf fans who were watching the game who were just, you know, it was a good fucking game, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as, as Chris said, you know, you, you come into our building on Tuesday, you kind of throw us the business. Uh, you, you did claim the Stanley cup. Uh, the NHL has <laughs> taken that award back, uh, because of that loss on Saturday, but, uh, you want to talk about it being a nothing bowl and how that game didn't matter. Come on. We're three and one on you now for the year. No, but that game did matter clearly to the players on the ice. I just, you know what? I just like stirring it up. Uh, One thing I got to say is this week, I want to let everyone know that you can follow uh, Kyle on Twitter at Kyle O'Hau and me on Twitter at CMancuso9797. And I am going to be at the Bruins and Sabres game this time around. 
stirring up trouble. Tickets are cheap. I mean, cheap, cheap. I'm looking at seats in the 300s right now for 25 bucks. I'm Ric Flair walking all over the place. I'm probably going to end up sitting in better seats than I'm used to here, Kyle, because the prices are just so low in that rock bottom abyss that they call Buffalo. Shout out to Dwayne from the Two Goalies, One Mike podcast. We got him over on the Full Press uh, coverage app in his new podcast is a, is an absolute beauty. Him and Collie, who's a former OHL goalie, a uh, couple of, uh, of absolute Buffalo uh, I guess I would use the word degenerates. Like I love them. They're absolute exactly what you would expect out of guys from Buffalo. Um, great podcast. Kyle, if you have anything else to add today, buddy, I think it's almost time we wrap her up before we yeah, tap. No, it, it's wrapped up just like the season series between Tampa and Boston. And uh, I just hope one of us doesn't fuck it up and, and, and ruin that. Uh, oh, because it needs to fucking Beautiful happen. wrapping of a show. It needs to happen. We saw two playoff-style games this week. Boston went into Tampa, gave them a smack on the ass, and I think Tampa turned around and to return the favor the following days later. You love to see it. Kyle and I will be plugging at each other at Twitter. If you're Team, uh, team Bruins, you know, you you got to back me to the gills. And if you're uh, Bolts and Jolts, whoever that sissy boy is, you can keep uh, fighting your, your, little, uh, your little flamboyant fight there with Kyle with the Tampa Bay hockey versus the refs shirt. Possibly the stupidest bullshit shirt I've ever seen in my life. No one was on the beneficiary of more calls on Saturday night than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sorelli was able to just cross-check guys from behind. No penalty. Four on one versus Marshawn. He ends up in the box. I am super mad. I just, I need it in the second round. I need it. I need it. Don't you dare. Don't you dare let the sweep you out. The smartest thing that that Bolt Schultz account has said. move in the world if they Mm -hmm. fucking lose in the Mm -hmm. Because Boston... It. We uh, will don't, be in don't the win second. the president's trophy and then lose in the first, eh, Chris? Oh, it's a guarantee. We wouldn't do that. We're not Tampa Bay. This mm-hmm. team's tough. They've been there before. Mm-hmm. They don't need to win. The core has been there. They would never get swept. Never, ever, ever would this team get swept. But the one awesome. thing, the one thing, Chris, that 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 Bull Jolts guy said that kind of resonated with me, and uh, I've kind of hopped on the wagon, was that you know who cares about being the nice guy anymore? You know, everyone was. You know, everyone had Tampa as their darling favorites and, oh, they're going to win the cup and this and that. It's time to fucking take on being the bad guy because fuck the NHL. They seem to change the rules in the playoffs. So why the fuck wouldn't you adapt and make yourself uh, as prone as possible to be on top of everyone? And, you know, you look at what happened on a game like Saturday and I look at the Leafs and I just... I know anything goes in the playoffs, but how how are they going to stay in those kind of games if it gets that physical? They can't. Um, can't. That team is there. You know, they're, they're just, I don't give a, they gave a first for Barclay. I don't give a fuck. Send it to the moon. Everyone's going to get the Corona anyways. <laughs> Nolan foot brings in, brings in Coleman, whatever. Send a first, this first and a next. Who cares? We're getting the Corona. Deal it. Barclay Goodrow, Vancouver's first. Take it. Results are gonna end up showing, right? If 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 they win, it's the greatest moves ever made. Uh, and if they lose, he's an idiot. You know, the expectations are never any different for a team like this who who, who goes all in. Uh yep. the, the results are gonna show in April. And that's that's kind of where we'll leave it. Uh, again, here. we'll be back next week, Kyle. I appreciate your uh, your time and taking it easy on the gloating. Uh, I thought that some of the shit between you and the Bruins fans was hilarious. Aren't they an absolute band of misfits, Boston Bruins fans? Can I can I get into it for a minute before we go? 
You can have like 35 seconds because <laughs> I, I got to say that I saw some Toronto-esque whining myself from the Tampa Bay fans. But I would say in our war, there was some embarrassment. I feel like either one of us probably felt a little embarrassed at times. I saw someone oh, yeah. tag not only player safety from the Bruins end of things, but also the the, the PR of the NHL public relations, which has that absolutely nothing to do with that. Dude, it was how Narcatrick, he tagged three things. And and as a Bruins fan, uh, I don't even remember your your at right now. And I'm not going to look it up because I'd have to go through so much bullshit because of how that fight blew up. But uh, I'm very disappointed in him. Ah, whatever. You know, everyone's going to say the same. And, uh, you know, that's why I always try to end the conversations with the positive where, you know, come on. It's all in good fun. Uh, but people yeah, like to yeah, change, people like like to change the parameters of the argument to, to, to make the W for themselves, right? You know, you want to bring up what happened two years ago. You know, you're gonna you're gonna hear what happened in 2011. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's the parameters are changed to make everyone's opinion a W, and, and it's all it's all fun and games. But uh, you know, you got you got to end it on a positive side. It'll be it'll be decided though. They're one one in the last decade. It's going down this year. It's happening. I'm ga- Billy guaranteeing it. They're gonna meet up in the finals. Toronto is too soft, and Boston is too strong for any of the wild card teams. And the wild card teams mm. don't have good enough pending to survive, mm. especially if Bruins get on the power play. Except for if you're Tampa scoring two short-handed goals the other night, but that rarely like that's a freak play by Boston that you know 99 games out of 100 that doesn't fucking happen so guys we're gonna let you go here on get the puck out presented by deanblundell.com you can catch the get the puck out podcast on any major podcast network as well as at www.deanblundell.com where you can find out what happened in every sort of uh, situation in the NHL all righty Chris well take it easy and we'll see you next week Remember to keep your cock out your pants and your stick on the ice, guys. Take care.